We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Yay! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a 1930s gangster using Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Yeah, see? This Name Your Price tool really lays it all out on the table, see? All I had to do was tell her how much I wanted to spend, and it gave me options in one place, see? Makes all of it easy to see, see? It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. I might need glasses so I can see more when I'm doing gangster stuff, see? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The socks were unbelievable. There's something about NBA socks. Keep tugging at our heels. Watch us high step and be a highlight reel of how high we get. The ghost riders off the ramp, how we live the five step. Put a conscience in the genre box, step a certified fresh bad boys beyond. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use promo code Kyle when making your first deposit on DraftKings to receive a free contest entry today. I'm Kyle McEwen. You can find me on Twitter at RotowireKyleNBA. And today I'm joined by Shannon McEwen, who you can find on Twitter at RotoShannon. If you listen to us on iTunes and can please rate and review the podcast, that would be very much appreciated for anyone who rates and reviews us. Shannon will give you a pair of the socks that he wears to play basketball in. So please, if you have a moment, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. If you can subscribe to it as well, that would be swell too. They're they're cool socks too. They're usually um like knee high with with, uh, with kept some colored stripes. They've got black and uh, white pair. Um, got yellow and, too, don't you? Well, yeah. I'm saying like the the full main color is black or white, and then you've got like red, blue, yellow. You mean stripes. like like a black leg with like a white stripe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I usually try to color coordinate it. So like in our rec league, it was always the black socks with the red stripes because it matched everything else. Very cool, bro. All right, let's get into the news so then we can get into all the DraftKings stuff for Friday. Paul George will not play Thursday against the Bucks. If you own this guy anywhere, we don't know when he's going to play. If you have 
if you are struggling to stay in your playoffs going into next week, just drop Paul George. Pick somebody up who's going to play on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday so that you get at least a game out of somebody in there for your daily leagues. Um, Rodney Stuckey is officially listed as questionable for Thursday's game against the Bucks. On the Bucks side of things, Jared Dudley is questionable for Thursday's game. O.J. Mayo went through practice Wednesday, but he's considered probable. Mayo returned for the Bucks last game, played just six minutes off the bench. Realistically, none of these guys are uh, anybody anybody should be using at this moment, including Stucky. Him dealing with this calf strain, it's it's encouraging that he's questionable for Thursday's game. But if he doesn't play, uh, I'm still just worried that this is going to continue to linger. Thaddeus Young looking at Friday's games. Thaddeus Young will not play Friday against Cleveland. He is doubtful to play Sunday against the Lakers. He hyperextended his left knee in Wednesday's game. Realistically, though, I don't know who to recommend that would pick up minutes in the Brooklyn Nets front court because we've seen in the past that even with Mason Plumlee there, they've just shifted Joe Johnson up to power forward at times. So it's possible we see Ellen Anderson slide into the starting lineup. It's possible we see Boyan Bogdanovich slide into the starting lineup, or it could be Mason Plumlee. I, I don't know who it's going to be. Somebody should see increased value with Thaddeus Young going down, though. I, I would go with Bogdanovich or Plumley, one of those two. Bogdanovich has been doing well lately, shooting the ball better, playing more minutes. That that seems like a likely scenario. And then Plumley, just by default, yeah, he will get more minutes. You hope um, so. <laughs> but but does I I'm not sure what that means. I mean, Brooke Lopez is playing so insanely well right now that you know maybe him and Plumley just don't work well together, yep. and, and they're just going to avoid giving Plumlee more minutes. We'll I, see. I think Bogdanovich is the 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 one who's been playing well lately, who seems to be, if, you, if you're looking to add somebody, Bogdanovich has the, the best opportunity or the most likely road to greater value in my mind. Even if Alan Anderson steps into the starting lineup, I don't see him having consistent enough good value to be of use in standard leagues down the road or for the last couple of weeks. And Bogdanovich has a little bit of size to him as well. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, he's listed as 6'8". He would be small for a power forward, but he could play a power forward against some lineups. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Derek Rose said he has no pain or swelling in his knee, and he hopes he can take the court, uh, start taking the court for contact in practices during the next week or two. Um, During this week or next. Sorry, that was a really weird, weirdly written uh, note there. Um, Anyways, yeah, whatever. Uh, don't go adding Derrick Rose as like a stash candidate unless you are just dominating your opponents and you're desperate. Even when he's come out and played well this season, well for him this season has been much less than the the old school awesome MVP Derrick Rose. He's just not as effective. And when he comes back, we don't know how many minutes he'll play. We don't know if he'll get rested. So I would I, I wouldn't be uh, hinging your your championship hopes on Derrick Rose returning and being worth a damn. Mo Williams did not practice Thursday. He's dealing with some knee soreness, and he is questionable for Friday's game against the Wizards. If Williams didn't play, that would mean extra shots for Kemba Walker and Gerald Henderson, but they're already playing a a good complement of minutes anyways. Cody Zeller is questionable for Friday's game against the Wizards with his shoulder injury. Al Jefferson is listed as probable. He did have that fluid drain from his knee earlier this week. He played Wednesday, played 35 minutes. Everything appears okay for all intents and purposes with Al Jefferson. Just be aware that going down the stretch here, you're going to need to keep an eye on him before every game because if that fluid comes back, it's possible he could get sat for a game or it's possible he could play limited minutes in a game. So keep an eye out for that going forward. Yeah, I mean, Wednesday was really encouraging for me as an L. Jefferson owner because it was his best performance in the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, that said, I, you definitely have to keep a close eye on him. Yeah. But, but you know, hopefully as, as long as he's playing, it looks like he's safe to put in your lineup. Yeah. Steve Clifford, the coach of the Hornets, he came out and said with that Jefferson was going to play Wednesday. He wasn't going to have a minutes restriction, but this soreness in his knee is something he's going to have to play through the rest of the season. So, that's just the way it is. Uh, J.J. Barea will be held out again Friday against the Spurs. He's got an ankle injury. Daniil Gallinari left Wednesday's game at the end of the third quarter, did not return after suffering a shoulder injury. Um, pretty sure the Nuggets were getting the smack crap uh, beat out of them 
on Wednesday. So that, that could be part of the reason why Gallinari didn't play uh, or return to the game. He had played 31 minutes already. Just keep an eye on that going into Friday's game in case he has to sit out against the Jazz. Greg Monroe did not practice Thursday. He remains out with his knee injury. He's missed five games. If you have Greg Monroe in a standard league, I'd be dropping him to add somebody else for this weekend. Josh Smith is listed as probable for Friday's matchup with the Wolves. There's no reason to really think he's going to sit out. Dwight Howard is probable for Friday's matchup as well. He's uh, He played just 16 minutes in his return to the court Wednesday. We don't know how long that minutes restriction is going to last. We do know that Dwight Howard is going to sit out one game of every back-to-back set the rest of the way. In standard leagues, I think it's very hard to own Dwight Howard right now. So I'd be looking for other options given the fact that he's going to miss some games and because he's on a minutes limit. Corey Brewer is listed as probable for Friday's game with the Wolves with an oblique injury. And Terrence Jones will sit out Friday's game with his ribs injury. If you're holding on to Terrence Jones in any leagues, just don't. It's, uh, you don't know when he's going to be back. So he suffered a collapsed lung. Donatus Matajunas is questionable for Friday's game against the Wolves with a back issue. He was battling some lower back pain after playing uh, 37 minutes in each of the last four games. So we'll see how that goes with Matajunas. Had a really great game against against Anthony Davis, and they were just they were attacking Anthony Davis on Wednesday. So it was pretty interesting. Kevin Martin is questionable for Friday's game against the Rockets, and really. <laughs> Considering Kevin Martin's the, you know, they, they say he has a hamstring injury, but he's the one guy that they're giving us an early report on. I would say he's not going to play. You're probably not going to see Rubio, Pekovic, Garnett, um, any of these guys who have been sitting out, they're probably not going to play. Justin Hamilton did return for Wednesday's game, so he's an interesting guy to keep an eye on going into Friday's game. Brandon Knight hopes to be ready to play Friday, but he also hoped to be ready to return Wednesday and wasn't able to do it. Went through shooter on Wednesday, tried to warm up before the game, didn't have enough strength in his ankle. Eric Bledsoe, this makes things interesting. He has an illness and did not practice Thursday. If Eric Bledsoe can't play Friday and Brandon Knight is out again, it's possible we see Archie Goodwin have some pretty good value there, so that's something to keep an eye on. Nicholas Batum was expected to come off the bench for Wednesday's game against the Jazz. However, he never got into the game. He's been out with a back injury the last couple games. Just going to keep an eye on that with Batum going forward, looking uh, looking towards Saturday's game. Garrett Temple did not practice Thursday. He's been out with a hamstring. We don't expect him to play. Chris Humphreys did not practice Thursday, but did do some individual work as he still tries to come back from the groin injury that's kept him out for more than a month. Torrey Murray was still in a walking boot at Thursday's practice, dealing with his ankle sprain. That was such a funny ankle sprain. I mean, as as injuries go, that was a funny one. Bradley Beal said his ankle is not too bad. He suffered a sprained right ankle in Wednesday's game. He said that the swelling is down. Um, He was held out of practice. There's a chance he could play Friday because the swelling is not too bad, according to Whitman. Although, as we have went over with Whitman, Bradley Beal could have, like, his leg cut off, and Whitman would just be like, eh, rub some dirt on it. All right, that's all the notes I got on injuries and all that jazz. Got anything else for us, Shannon? Nope. Cool. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. It's the DraftKings Minute, and we're going to spend about 30 of them on this. So there's 13 games on Friday. Shannon, why don't you kick us off with the point guards. Who are you looking at using on DraftKings for Friday's games? Same kind of, same thought process as previous weeks. Point guard is remains extremely deep. I feel like I could talk about eight or nine guys and and, and give you legitimate reasons why you should consider them in your lineup. Um, but first, let's let's just run through a handful. Lorenzo Brown, thirty one hundred dollars going up against the Rockets. Uh, Brown, Brown's a really nice value at a near minimum price if. Ricky Rubio sits. We don't know if that's going to happen yet. I would say it's, pr- you know, that's the likely scenario. Rubio and many other Minnesota players sit. So um, the past two games when that was the case, Brown has averaged 28 fantasy points in 40 minutes per game. He's not a great scorer, but he really fills up stat sheet elsewhere. He grabs rebounds, assists, steals. So I'm looking at him as one of the cheaper options that you can use on Friday. Um, second guy I've got is Jeremy Lin, 5,400, going up against Toronto. Um, he moved into the start, starting lineup earlier this week for the Lakers. He's averaged 
36 points and 30 minutes per game over his past three contests. I mean, we've seen Lynn have some really big games this season, and now he's in a position where the minutes should be steady. I mean, he's still only playing 30 minutes a game over the past three, but it shouldn't dip down to 19 or 20 like it would you would see from him some nights when he was coming off the bench. I think that 30 to 35-minute range will be hit most nights. And with that, you've got a guy who can post 40 fantasy points. Yeah, uh, I think the, they're pretty consistently playing Lynn at that 29, 30-minute spot, and he should continue to get that as long as in the starting lineup. I'm, I'm game for that until his price rises to, uh, to, to the production that he's been putting up. Who else are you looking at? Damian Lillard, 7,800, going up against the Suns. Um, Lillard's, Lillard's posted back-to-back 50-point outings. Um, I like him more if Batum sits again. That's still up in the air. Uh, Aldr- LaMarcus Aldridge also missed one of those 50-point games from, from, from Lillard. So he, he's not a sure thing, but I just like the fact that he's on a roll right now. He's playing Phoenix, who's a decent opponent, a better opponent if Bledsoe sits. Yep. But right now, Lillard is being called upon to carry more of the offensive load. 7,800, I think that's a great that's a great value for a guy who can put, put up 50 points. Uh, yeah, I'm game for that at 7,800. Zach Levine at 5,300, I think, is uh, still a good buy there with, with Rubio. And as long as Rubio and Martin are out, obviously, you need, you need those guys sitting out for the most part, or at least Rubio. I still, I still like Zach Levine as well, but I think Lorenzo Brown is the guy to own now. Better value. Just, yeah, based on the past two games, and, at, you know, he's, he's over $2,000 less. Yeah, but Kevin Martin has to be sitting out for you to use Lorenzo Brown, right? Probably. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see how it goes. You know, they could change up the rotation. Maybe they end up starting Brown instead of Levine. I don't think that'll happen. But, you know, just got to stay on top of those Minnesota inj- injuries. Yep. With uh, with Rodney Hood and uh, Gordon Hayward out the last couple games for Utah, we've seen Trey Burke uh, be asked to carry the scoring load for that team. He's scored now 29, 32, and 35 DraftKings points in his last three games. His price has gone up to 5000 now, but I still think Trey Burke is an interesting candidate to use at point guard. It's as you said, though. There's so many good options here. So it's you've got you've got low salaried options, you've got high salaried options. Depending on where you're using your lower salaried players, you're going to be able to kind of juggle things at point guard very easily to kind of fit your roster. Yeah, Utah is actually going to be really interesting because you have Hayward hurt. Hayward's just got he he's got such a high usage rate. He basically runs their offense when he is playing. So if he's out again, it's not just Trey Burke. Uh, you've also got. Elijah Millsap, Joel Ingles, those two guys, we've got them, we were going to talk about them shortly, but let's just jump to it now. Those two guys have both been doing well. Uh, Millsap, he's 3,200 versus Denver. He's averaged 25 fantasy points in 31 minutes over the past two games. That's a good matchup for him. Again, if Hayward sits, I like him there. Rodney Hood also sat out the previous game because of illness. So if Hood misses another game, guys like Millsap, um, Ingles get more value. Ingles, 3,200, same as Millsap. He's eligible at small forward, going up against Denver. So, I mean, basically same boat. If any of those regular guys, or if if Utah's running a shorter rotation, guys like Millsap and Ingles make sense. Trey Burke, I like him as well. You know, we'll have to see. He had that little neck stinger at the end of uh, regulation against against the Suns on Wednesday. Did you see that clip? I didn't. He just randomly like collapsed and had to call a timeout with like 30 seconds left. There was oh. no one within 20 feet of him. But he, he played through it, and, and it looks like he'll be fine, but that's something to check out before putting him in your lineup on Friday. couple other point guards I really, really like. Galloway for New York. Um, you know, he's getting he's handling the ball more with uh, Alexi Chavet out. So he's good. Mike Conley, Jeff Teague, Tony Parker. Veteran guys, quality. We know what they bring to the table. They're all pretty cheap right now for 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 who they are. You know, they're between that fifty nine hundred and sixty five hundred dollar range. They're all interesting plays. All bring risk, given their inconsistencies this season. But I like them. Yeah, Derek Derek Favors. He had a great game on Wednesday. 
uh, with with Gordon Hayward out, and and that's he he's just going to pick up a, a bigger scoring load. Um, I'm sorry, I was watching the Trey Burke thing. Did you mention Derek Favors? No, I haven't mentioned Derek Favors yet. I was I still did. talking about point guards. Yeah, sorry. I just when we when we traversed uh, moved over to the the Jazz stuff, I just kept thinking because I used Derek Favors in my in my lineup on Wednesday that that turned out pretty good for me. So. Um, yeah, Favors been unstoppable. I mean, he's he's eighty one hundred dollars right now on on DraftKings, so he's been going up in price, but it's it's justified. The yeah. dude, dude's just been a monster. He's posted three consecutive games with forty four or more fantasy points. Uh, Denver on fr- the matchup on Friday, they're the worst defense against opposing power forwards. And Favors actually in his one contest against the Nuggets earlier this year. He uh, scored 43 fancy points in just 28 minutes. So I love him at 8100. Oh, I, yeah, I, the $8100 does not scare me away. I think Favors is as close to a must play as you can find for Friday night. Absolutely. All right, let's uh anybody else for point guards we need to talk about or move on to shooting shooting guards. We can move on to shooting guards. So I I've got Monte Ellis 6600 versus San Antonio. He's averaged 47 fantasy points in three games against the Spurs this year. That includes a 51-point outing earlier this week. You know, he's a he's very frustrating DFS player. Inconsistency, you know, he'll, he'll post a 51-point outing. That was on the heels of, like, two 25-point outings. But still, in that price range, 6,600, there are not many guys who will reach 40 to 50 points on a somewhat regular basis. Like, he does it at least a couple times a month. You know, two, three, four times a month, he'll post a 40-plus point outing. So I'm betting, given the track record, he's already had success against the Spurs this year multiple times. I expect another decent outing from him. Who else are you going to find with his ceiling at 6,600? You won't. I mean, so. he, he can be the highest-scoring player for the night at any position, and he's only 6,600. I mean, granted, that's only going to happen once or twice a season. It's not going to happen a lot, but he has that potential, and he's only, you know, 6,600 is not bad. Absolutely. Uh, anybody else you're looking at at shooting guard? Now, as mentioned, Millsap's the other one. Um, but other than that, we can hop on down small forward. Um, I wanted to touch on maybe one or two other guys at shooting guard. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, his salary has climbed to 5,200 now, but he scored 42 DraftKings points the last two games. He's been playing very well since Greg Monroe went down. Monroe sounds questionable, if not doubtful. Uh, for Friday's game. And more than that, I've been watching some of these Pistons games recently, and KCP is playing like the way he played in college, as if he is the go-to scorer. He's putting the ball on the floor, going to the rack. He's doing everything right now, and he's he's shooting well across the board, over, over 50% in each of his last three games from the field, and that's not on, like, small shot attempts. He's, he's really putting the, everything together right now. He's had some great rebound games out of three out of his last four games. He's collected at least six rebounds, eight rebounds in two of those. I just feel like he's somebody who you can uh, use while the uh, iron's hot. Well, he, he's certainly more interesting with Monroe out because he's getting higher usage. I mean, past four games, 16 shot attempts, 11, 20, 17. That's really nice to see. But I also think... He's been somewhat maxed out the past two games, 42 points in each. You know, he's shot 50% or higher in each game. He's grabbed six. He's averaged seven rebounds, two and a half assists, four three-pointers. Like, I I just don't expect it to continue. I think he's got a nice little hot streak going. If his price didn't jump, it's basically jumped to like $1,400 in the past week. If it hadn't jumped and he was still in that around that four thousand dollar range, I would like him a hell of a lot more. What scares me the most is him matching up against Victor Oladipo, and I've I've noticed several times over the last couple of weeks Oladipo gets matched up with a a good shooting guard. That shooting guard does not play as well against him. Well, and KCP doesn't have a good track record against Orlando this year. Only fifteen fantasy points per game in three outings. We, we've talked about Joe Johnson a couple times, and, and the reason I'm bringing him up is because I don't feel like he's somebody you can trust right now, but he's, he's staying at that price where you know what the potential is with him or what it has been in the past in his career, and then you see, okay, now Thaddeus Young is down. Maybe there's going to be an opportunity, or maybe Joe Johnson will just have to step up. Joe Johnson talked before Wednesday's game about how the Brooklyn Nets needed to win that game to solidify the tiebreaker for the playoffs uh, with Charlotte. And yet he came out and he only had five points in the game, and he looked lackadaisical taking his shots, just very more relaxed than usual. 
And uh, it just frustrated the hell out of me. I just don't think that Joe Johnson is somebody you can trust. I would avoid him in my lineups, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm also coming off of this uh, from an emotional, uh, disappointing night using him. Well, Joe Johnson has had, he's only top 24 fantasy points twice in the past 10 games. And those two games were 40-point outing and a 38-point outing. I've probably owned him like six times in those 10 games. Yeah. And none of those six were those two big outings. Yep. Uh, he is he is very appealing because of those those 38, 40-point outings that he can put up. But the consistency hasn't been there. That said, even though KCP's been really good, I don't know that I prefer KCP more than Joe Johnson for Friday. Oh, I, I, I don't think I'm going to go with either one. Um, but... You know, they're they're both I think they're equally risky at that fifty one, fifty two hundred price point. I also want to urge people to not take Aaron Aflalo, even though he's forty two hundred. This dude had great opportunity since uh Wesley Matthews went down to step up, start putting up better production, offer some daily games value. Then you had Lamarcus Aldridge sitting out, Nicholas Batum sitting out, Chris Kamen sitting out, guys who are have consistent roles in the offense. And Aflalo still didn't pick up his production. He scored 14 DraftKings, not 14 points, 14 DraftKings points or less in each of his last four games. Makes zero sense. Don't spend any money on him. He's a he's a waste. Of course, he's going to go out and score a billion points on Friday now. No, I mean, he's not the same guy who he was in Orlando at the beginning of the last season or even you know with Denver this year. He's not that guy. He's, he, he's taking a back seat. He's playing that complimentary role in in portland even when the big dogs are out so you're right i don't want to play him either they're just he hasn't had one of those one or two of those big outings since he went to portland that would justify okay i can see this kind of upside because he's done he does it once every three or four games that hasn't even been there it's just been consistent crap what about using Jason Terry at the shooting guard spot? He's just 3500 so close to the minimum salary, and he'll be starting at point guard again with, uh, with Patrick Beverly out. He's in, in three games against Minnesota this year. He has averaged 12.3 points, 3.7 assists, 3.3 rebounds, um, one steal, he has he has played big minutes in the starts that he's had overall. Right. I, I just feel like it's a different Rockets team than it was when he was starting earlier this season. And he's not asked to do much. I mean, we saw it on Wednesday when he started. He played, yeah, he played 27 minutes, which is good. But he was 0 for 3 from the floor. And he had two rebounds, three assists, seven fantasy points. I can't get behind him. I mean, the $3,500 is nice. But give me give me Lorenzo Brown all day long instead. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, what about at small forward? Who are you looking at there? Small forward, I, I like Wilson Chandler a lot. He's $5,700 going up against Utah. He's averaged 30 fantasy points over his past five games. And this also is because of the Gallinari news. If Gallinari's out, which I would say he's probably questionable right now with the shoulder injury, we'll have to see like the severity of it. With the way they've been resting, guys, though. Yeah, I, they, I'm just assuming they're going to yeah, let him sit. Exactly. So I mean, if Gallinari's out, then I'm all over Wilson Chandler at 5,700. Even with Gallinari and Gallinari going off like he has been recently, Chandler's still been posting 30 points a game. So I love him at that price. Joe Ingles is the other small forward that I like for Friday night um, of the discount variety. In my personal DraftKings lineup, I actually am going with Kawhi Leonard. Um, Dude's just been great for, for a pretty significant stretch now. Over the past 10 games, he's averaging 37 and a, or I'm sorry, six games. He's averaging 37 and a half fantasy points. You know, he's just carrying more and more responsibility. I mean, even on nights when he doesn't play big minutes, like on Wednesday, he only played 23 minutes because it was a blowout. He still posted 32 fantasy points because he's getting assists. He's getting rebounds, a three or two, some blocks and steals. So I just, I love his night to night upside and he, He's doing it. There's no denying it. I mean, 41 points, 51 points, 45 points, just nonstop for the past few weeks. Yeah, no, I've been using Kawhi in a lot of my lineups across the board. Uh, anybody else at small forward you're thinking about? That's it for small forward. I mean, you've got 
You've got some other guys that may be interesting. I still love Rudy Gay at 7,700. Hayward's out. You know, Tobias Harris just came back from injury. I'm not ready to plug him back in my lineup yet. Andrew Wiggins has been playing better. He's been picking things up. Um, but I don't love the matchup against the Rockets, even though the Rockets don't rate. You know, they look like a soft team against small forwards, according to DraftKings rank, opponent rankings. You know, Trevor Reza, Corey Brewer, the guys that are going to be guarding Wiggins, that's tough. That's going to be yeah. a tough matchup for him. Yeah, Chase Budinger from Minnesota, he's put up a couple of good games, so you wouldn't be wouldn't be a terrible choice to go with him. His price has risen, though, so it's a, a little bit less attractive. He's 4,500 for Friday's game. He's put up 31 and then 35 DraftKings points the last two games, uh, 28 DraftKings points and 35 if four and five games ago. So he's had some really good production off the bench for the Timberwolves lately. Not a big fan of him overall, um, habitually injured throughout his career, but Chase Bunninger has been putting up some pretty decent production. So if you're looking for a cheaper option, you can go there. Um, and then Jeremy Grant at 3,200, uh, it's kind of the same risk that you would take with Joe Ingles. If, if Luke Richard Umba Amute sits out another game on Friday and the Philadelphia 76ers start Jeremy Grant in the, in the front court there, you're worried about him trying to guard uh, Blake Griffin, but what you might see the Philadelphia 76ers do is simply go with a, a bigger lineup that night. That's a possibility, uh, which would then take Grant out. If Grant starts, I think he's somewhat interesting. He can go out there. He can hit a three-pointer. He can get you good blocks. He had five blocks in his start, played 32 minutes against Denver on Wednesday, put up 25 DraftKings points. Two games before that, put up 23 DraftKings points. I think he's a punt play. He's somebody you use if you don't have any more money to spend and you're looking for an option, and you see going into the game that he's going to start. So something to keep an eye on more than anything. What about at Power Forward, bro? Or did you have any opinions on those guys? Nope, they all suck. Yep. All right, Power Forward, we already talked about favors. Love them. I consider them a must-play. The other Power Forward I really like is Robert Covington. You know, the, guy, the guy, he's actually a small forward, and that's why I like him. Because the Clippers are horrible against opposing small forwards. Even though Matt Barnes is known as like a defensive stopper, the dude can't guard anyone. Clippers, small forwards always blow up against the Clippers. And I expect the same from Covington. You can slot him into your forward spot or your power forward spot. He's averaging 36 fantasy points over the past two games. I, he's one of my favorite plays, man, at 4,500. 4, I love him so much. I like him because of his cost. Um, you are worried that on a given night he's just going to kind of get stuck into the, the black hole that is the the small forward rotation and on that Philadelphia team. Because if Umba Mute is back, then that means Jeremy Grant's getting minutes off the bench, which means there's less minutes for Covington. And if Jason Richardson's playing and starting, then that means Covington's coming off the bench. All these things that could lead to Covington having – one of his bad nights or one of his nights where he just doesn't get enough shots. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm just banking on him having a good night. Cause he's on a nice little roll this week. And, and he's one of the few guys at that price that has consist has put up 40 points, you know, once every week or once every 10 days, he posts a 40 point game. Yep. And the other argument too, is that coming off the ankle injury he had, maybe he simply wasn't healthy the last week and a half, two weeks. And that's what was limiting his production even more than the rotation issues. So if he maybe wasn't able to get his shot off effectively and things like that, maybe now that he, maybe now he's just healthy enough and that's why he started to pick up his production again. So mm-hmm. uh, anybody else at power forward? Well, yeah, my personal lineup, I've got Paul Millsap in. I'm kind of chasing the points from his Wednesday night outing. He had a big 55 point outing against the magic. 25 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, four blocks, one steal. I love Paul Millsap. I've used him a lot this year. Uh, you know, he's averaging nearly 37 fantasy points. He's his price is down to 3,700, or I'm sorry, 7,300 dollars. I just love that amount for him. You know, when he when he was closer to 8,000, it was a little bit too pricey. But 7,300, I can't pass. I can't pass him up. I mean, he he's had multiple 50 point outings in the last 10 games. Will he reach that on Friday? Probably not, but he's still going to be good for 35 or so points at minimum. Yeah, 7,300. I don't see there's much risk there. He should give you your value if nothing else. And you do love the upside. 
Um, mm, oh, biscuits. Yeah, no, I guess I don't really have anybody else to suggest. You know, it's Nerland's Noel at at seventy eight hundred. That's still a good price for his upside. Given the way he's played since the All Star break, he could cost like nine thousand dollars and still be worth consideration. He's been insane. Now we saw Blake Griffin. I, I used him in one of my lineups for Wednesday. The Knicks they ended up the Clippers ended up demolishing the Knicks, and Griffin simply didn't play enough to to be of worth anything. Would you spend eighty nine hundred on Griffin against Philadelphia? They do have a better defense. They they do keep teams in the game with them. Mm. They've got a top ten defense in the league. I am. It, it sounds like you would not use Blake Griffin for Friday's action. I probably want. I mean the. The Clippers and Sixers played earlier this year, and it wasn't it wasn't all that great. I mean, Griffin only played 29 minutes, only scored 22 fantasy points. I'm pretty sure that game was a blowout, if memory serves correctly. I'm just i I don't expect Philadelphia to keep it really close. The only thing they've got going for them is it's it's at home, but. You know, even with improved defense, I don't expect him to keep the Friday game close enough for Blake to really go off. That's fair. Chris Paul's eating everybody up right now. You can't stop him. Uh, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. All right, let's move to center. Who are you looking at using there? Brooke Lopez. Right now. That's you know, fine. We can just suggest him, just and that's it. Brooke Lopez. There, Brooke Lopez, dude, dude is averaging 51 fancy points over his past four games. How is that, he only 7,100? That's it, crazy. He had, that, it hasn't went up yet. He has a 57-point outing and a 68-point outing over those past four games. His price hasn't gone up that much yet. It's, it's going to jump quite a bit, probably like... I mean, if he goes off again on Friday, his price next week will be 8500 or something ridiculous. But at, at 7100 I've got to play him, given the run he's on. He's just he's doing everything for him. He's blocking a ton of shots, grabbing a decent amount of rebounds. He, he's got the offensive skills to, to put 35 points in the bucket every night. He hasn't been getting matched up against the most uh, stout defensive centers in the league. However, in his last four games, he did run into Roy Hibbert. That's kind of a sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not thing on defense. Um, and Hibbert limited him to 38.5 DraftKings points. But even if you got 38.5, that's pretty much hitting value for a $7,100 player. Yeah, it was still a big game. I mean, 20, 26 points and four blocks that game. You know, if, if he would have managed some rebounds, that would have been another 50-point outing. Yeah, if um, Timothy Mozgov should be able to put a body on him down low, but if uh, if the Cavaliers try to guard him with Kevin Love at all in, in any rotations, that then Brook Lopez is just going to eat him up. He he played the Cavs uh, a week ago, actually. Ten, ten points, eight rebounds, five assists, two blocks. So it was a 31-point fantasy outing in 31 minutes. I expect a better showing this time around. I mean... He's not going to get five assists again, but I expect him to score more and have more than 10 attempts. He only had 10 field goal attempts that game, you know, compared to 20, 14, 19, 26 the past four games. Yeah, they should be feeding him the ball, no doubt, especially with Thaddeus Young being out. That's going to open up a couple of possessions. Anybody else you're looking at at the center position? Uh, this is just kind of a flyer and, and a gut pick, but Kelly Olenek, 4,100 against New York. You know, we, we, he's really risky. But we've seen him even coming off the bench. He play like 20 minutes and post 35 fantasy points. I just feel like he matches up really well against Bargnani, and he's going to end up playing extra minutes Friday. And we'll see him see him get maybe 25, 35 fantasy points. Olenek, uh, he, he's a lottery ticket whenever yeah. you use him for the most part. But at 4,100, if, you, if you're going out there and you're putting out a bunch of tournament lineups, I, I, I totally would get using him as your center in, in one of those lineups. Um, I wanted to talk to you about Rudy Gobert because he was on such a great roll there coming out of the All-Star break. But over his last four games, we had one 55-point DraftKings game. But in his other games, 25, 22, and 19 DraftKings points. Definitely been struggling a little bit lately. I don't know if this is him hitting the rookie wall as a sophomore because he's actually playing this year. But seems to be a little bit of a hitch in his giddy-up right now. Well, he's getting the minutes still. So, you know, past five games, 37, 36, 34, 41, 34. So he's still getting the minutes. The only difference is, you know, from the 55-point outing compared to the other outings is he scored 18 points that game. 
And he's not the other games. He's got nine, three, five, twelve. He's very raw offensively still. So there's going to be plenty of nights, and it's like it's like we saw with Drummond last season, for instance. You know, there would just be tons of games where he might only score between five and ten points. And unless he's grabbing 20 rebounds and getting five blocks, it's it's not going to be that great of a fancy night. You kind of got to look at the teams you're, he was going up against, too. You got the Lakers, who I guess looking at their team, I, you would think that they would attack the rack more, but they might be more of a jump shooting team. They're very comfortable just chucking up a bunch of two-point shots. Uh, Golden State Warriors, they're a jump shooting team. They're not going to be attacking the rack constantly, so you're not going to get the opportunity for blocks there against that team. Portland, they're a jump shooting team. Their two main offensive options, LaMarcus Aldridge, who spreads the floor, and Damian Lillard, who spreads the floor. They're not attacking the rack constantly. Lillard attacks the rack. He does, but not at the, not at the I don't know, his, his most, um, I get what you're saying. But his his most marketable skill set is the fact. I would that say it's more because the teams that you're referencing don't have players that they post up and feed on the block. Because like fair. Minnesota, I, I I didn't watch the Minnesota game when Gobert went off for 18 points and 17 rebounds, six blocks. But can I envision him in my mind? Can I close my eyes right now and picture? Gorky Jang trying to do post moves on Gobert and getting swatted every time. Yes, I can picture that. Yeah, Levine had a good game against them, but Levine also takes the ball to the rack. Lorenzo Brown, I'm pretty sure, is not a a good three-point shooter. Andrew Wiggins doesn't really shoot the three-point ball, so he's constantly going to the rack. Like Adrian Payne hasn't been shooting the three-point ball as much or as well. Uh, lately, there, there's looking at the matchups. I would say Gobert is going to be a great play against Denver on Friday at 8100 because Ty Lawson attacks the rack. Your uh, Wilson Chandler goes to the rack. Kenneth Freed only hangs out around the rack. I think there's going to be a lot of missed shots in this game as well, so that's going to be a lot of rebounds. So I, I just I don't think it's the block shots that determine whether or not he has a good fantasy game. I mean, he had three block shots against the Lakers. And he scored under 20 fantasy points. To me, it's about the offensive production and whether or not that's there. You know, he he's he's just not that gifted of an offensive player yet. He's going to get a lot of points off offensive putbacks, dunks. Until he develops a more consistent offensive game, there's going to be inconsistencies with his fantasy production. So I love him. Of course, he can go off and get 50 points. But, I mean, dude, he he's only scored... He had a stretch of nine, nine, three, five points scored until he had that fifty-point game against the against Minnesota. Yeah, but he was rebounding poorly in some of those games as well. I think I think it's I think his value. I'm with you. I think we're on the same page for the most part. Um, his best value comes when he does have those 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 better scoring nights, but th- those are usually tied to when he just has those huge rebounding nights. Like you're looking for him to get about seventeen, eighteen rebounds and then get you three or four blocks. And there's going to be those some nights where he goes out and he grabs 22 rebounds and he gets you six blocks. And those are the huge nights that you get out of Gobert. Um, I think I think Denver's a good matchup for him to have a good game. So anyways. It's a good matchup, no doubt. I just, I love him. He's got, on an individual night, he's got as high of an upside as any center not named DeMarcus Cousins. But the fact that there's so much... There is inconsistency with his scoring. Makes me not want to pay $8,100 for him. Right now, Vucevic, he's going up against Detroit, who has been horrible against opposing centers this year. He's only 7800 I would rather trust him. Or even, you know... I don't like the ceiling on Vucevic lately. It seems like they're, ever since they committed under the new coach, John Borrego, uh, Borrego or whatever the hell his name is, uh, that, that they were going to really feed... Alfred Payton and Vucevic, I mean, not Vucevic, but uh, uh, their shooting guard, Victor Oladipo, the ball. We've seen a, a, a small, smaller ceiling for Vucevic. I'm not, I'm not willing to spend the 7,800 on him. I still think, I still think the matchup is so good. Though. The matchup's great. He had, he's got a couple 40, 40 point, or actually he's got like three 40 point outings in the last 10 games. He's just had like two, mediocre games sprinkled in there. 
But really, he's done what he's done all season over the last 10 games. So I'm not really worried worried about Vucevic right now. For Friday night, I would prefer him over Gobert ever so slightly. I mean, before you even think about either of those guys, though, we have to go back and just say, Brooke Lopez is the guy you're using. Yes, definitely. that's That's who you're putting at your center spot. It's just that like, Gobert at 8,100. I, I like Andre Drummond more. He's 8,600. There's just 8,100 for Gobert is tough for me right now. Drummond actually is averaging 51 fantasy points per game against the Magic this year. So if you want to spend more than 7,100 on center for Brooke, Brooke Lopez, Drummond would be a pretty good pick. What about um, Andrew Bogut against Memphis on Friday? He's just 4,600. So that makes him a little bit more interesting. He's had two really good rebounding games in a row going up against more traditional centers in Gortat and uh, and uh, Robin Lopez last couple games. I mean, his recent stretch in the past week makes him more, you know, more encouraged to use him than I have been recently. But I don't know, man. I, the matchup means that he should probably play more. But he just played, you know... He played Washington earlier this week. I'm sorry. Um, but he played Washington, like you said, going against Gortat. He only played 23 minutes. Against Robin Lopez and Aldridge and against Portland, he only played 24 minutes. I just hate seeing the minutes so low more than anything else. I wish he would actually go out there and play 35 minutes in a game, even when he's facing these bigger lineups. That hasn't happened. The production's still been there the past three games. He's certainly worth a look on Friday, but... There, there's still plenty of risk because we know there he could play twenty to twenty five minutes, and just not not do much other than grab eight nine rebounds and block two shots. I, I can understand that. No, definitely. I think if you're if you've spent a lot of your money in in others places, that Bogut might be a, a person to look to um, as an option. Justin he, Hamilton, I think, is an option too. You don't like that he only played nine minutes in his return to the court on Wednesday, but um, we saw the production that you were able to get out of Hamilton, and he's forty five hundred. I kind of why the hell is Hamilton's price at still at forty five hundred? I don't really understand that. But anyways, well, he was starting to break out, and then he missed a few games, so that that was part of it. Yeah. Cool, cool. You're, you're the, we talked about Mason Plumley earlier. You're not you're not really willing to take a risk on him for Friday, are you? He is only 3,300, so that's intriguing. I guess the thing with Plumlee, and he's had okay success against Cleveland this year, about a, a minute or a fancy point per minute. 3,300, I mean, for the kind of upside, if you, could t- if you told me he is going to play 32 minutes on Friday, yeah. then of course, yes, right, I'm going to yeah. ru- run him out there. But we just don't know. I mean, I do expect to see an increase. He played 21 minutes on Wednesday. He played 21 minutes one game earlier this week. You know, it's just that even in 21, 24 minutes, he hasn't been doing much. He's been hovering around that, you know, 15 to 20 point fancy range. So it's tough. I think he's too risky unless you hear he's in the starting lineup. And even then, I would only put him in in a tournament play. I agree with that. Um, Anything else you got to share? I got got nothing, man. No, that's it. I got to go home and cook my wife dinner. It's tight, dog. It's tight. All right. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Um, oh, a couple of injury updates. Uh, use promo code Kyle when making your first deposit on DraftKings to receive a free contest entry today. Just to wrap up, a couple injury updates that came in during the show. OJ Mayo will play Thursday against Pacers. Jared Dudley will play Thursday against the Pacers. Uh, Chris Anderson remains questionable for Friday's game. So does Dwayne Wade. Um, Hassan Whiteside is doubtful to play against the Hawks on Friday. Don't go chasing Udonis Haslam just because he got a double-double on Wednesday. I think that was the first double-double in like six years. Richard Jefferson is questionable for Friday's game against the Spurs. Nicholas Batum was held out of, uh, well, that we already know that, actually. Um, Nikola Pekovic is officially out for Friday's game. So is Gary Neal. Ricky Rubio is doubtful. Kevin Garnett is doubtful. Um, so there's all that. And Gordon Hayward is probable for Friday's game. So, so ignore everything everything. we just said. (laughs) 
about five minutes into the show when we started talking about Gordon Hayward and the Utah Jazz. You can ignore all of that now because they're all going to be terrible plays. Except for Derek Favors, still a great play. Yes, against Denver, still a great play there. Um, and I don't think that it changes Gobert's uh, value as that is one of my suggestions. But still, Brooke Lopez at center, that's the only option. Um, I'm Kyle McEwen. You can find me on Twitter at RotowireKyleNBA. And this is... Shannon McEwen. I'm also on Twitter at RotoShannon. I accidentally just licked the uh, microphone it thing. It was delicious. It was disgusting because I know other people have probably done that too. Thanks, guys. We love you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hello, how's it be? Haven't seen y'all in three summers. Got my license back, so let's catch wreck like airbags. My shirt still fit, but goddamn it, my pants sad. Brown bag on, but we still up in the lab, man. Science plus the math. Keep the dunkets on the up and up. Spend enough days fucking up drunk. If that's what you want to do, then it's all you, son. Remember, it's on you at the end of the day, son. Wrap yourself with roses at the end of your parade, son. I'm saying, son. Keep your head up and breathe some for your dreams, son. One reason, do the knowledge for yours. The pigs is kicking indoors. You heard this from the Bay to the Michigan shores. Of course, from the Green Mile to Parthenon doors. I'm banging in your trunk, rattle tires and floors. I'm having a wonderful day. Now how's yours? How are you? How are you? And you? And 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 you? How are you and you 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 and you? Been a cold winter, I'm a known sinner. I was born a blizzard. I know how to enter the world, exit the womb. Give me room before you meet my member, get dismembered. My soul is Commodore, common down, I'm no pretender. I'm all kinds of raw flame on high sizzle. Summer's just beginning, I admit it. We've been going a minute, but this your golden ticket. Get it for a minute, take a listen. Can we kick it? Yes, we can. Let's lift it then. Auto, had to withstand bad times like kickstands. Bury friends and family, time to morning, Michigan. There's business at hand. You ain't heard, I'm moving these words. My product's in demand, highly at that. Rhyme of my life, mix it with facts, I got plans Poet, man, and see, make moves, plant seeds Failing's not falling, I'm flying without wings I'm trying to show the bigger picture through my small deeds Life's a little hectic for me, but how you been? How are things? How are you? And you, and you 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 how are you and you and you? How are you and you and you? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.